Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 491 for April 1 to 15, 2019. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see this index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. We start, as always, with the forecast for the next half month, have a couple of quick announcements, and then we'll be looking at a listener chart, looking at how this upcoming new moon is affecting uh, Sue's natal Mars and Ascendant and Descendant. So, let's now move to the forecast. A potent Aries new moon, which powerfully echoes January's solar eclipse, headlines the first half of April. We also have Jupiter turning retrograde, Juno aspects highlighting committed partnership, and Venus aspecting four slower planets in six days. We also have four new aspect patterns, all starting on the same day. (laughs) What's old as we come into April, we've got a waning moon. The triple yod is still active through the second. The cradle we talked about last time, also active through the second. A grand cross is active through the 4th. That's been going on for about four months already. And we have a T-square still active through the 15th with Mercury, Juno, Jupiter, and Neptune. We've discussed all these on prior shows. So now let's move on to what's new. On Tuesday, April 2nd, how well are you hearing the wisdom that transcends your rational mind's limited awareness? With Mercury conjunct Neptune at 17 degrees Pisces, This constant flow of wisdom from your higher self is easier to perceive. It'll help if you sincerely ask for this intuitive guidance, then create enough mental stillness to notice when it arrives. On Wednesday, April 3rd, the first half of April features four new aspect patterns, and they all kick off today. First, T-square. How skillfully do you embody and use power? This T-square, featuring the Sun, Saturn, Pluto, and the lunar nodes, may catalyze situations that show you. It starts today on April 3rd, peaks on the 11th, and ends on the 21st. The Aries Sun radiates the energy of the warrior, entrepreneur, and the one who just does it. It's ideal for new beginnings or injecting new energy into something already underway. If you've already embodied your personal power, the Sun square to Saturn and Pluto will juice up your ability to confidently accomplish whatever you're striving for. But if you haven't yet mastered yourself, Saturn and Pluto's energies are more likely to show up outside you. These commonly appear as people or power structures trying to dominate or control you, or difficult obstacles blocking your path. If so, you're being challenged to step more fully into your own power. Are you ready? Power can be thought of in two basic ways. Power over, fueled by fear and insecurity, seeks to dominate and control others. Power with has already tapped into its own internal power source and feels no need to manipulate others. 
Power with delights in sharing power and helping others blossom more fully into theirs. The involvement of the Capricorn South Node and the Cancer North Node, also square the Sun, suggests that you step into your own power and authority in alignment with your soul purpose. Take the practical steps that are needed, Capricorn, while infusing them with love and nurturing, Cancer. Also, on Wednesday, April 3rd, by adding one planet to the T-square just described, we get a Grand Cross. Combining Pallas Athena with the Sun, Saturn, Pluto, and the lunar nodes offers specific strategies to work more skillfully with power. Pallas can help bring out the strategic and diplomatic skills that will help you accomplish your goals, as well as the feminine assertiveness that can help you get in gear. This intense but potentially rewarding Grand Cross begins today on April 3rd, peaks on the 11th, and ends on April 7th. Also, on Wednesday, April 3rd, Pallas Athena is also featured in the other two aspect patterns starting today. She encourages strategy, negotiation, and appropriate assertiveness in your committed partnerships as part of a mystic rectangle. This harmonious aspect pattern also includes the Sun, Juno, and Jupiter. It starts today on April 3rd, peaks on the 13th, and ends on the 16th. The Aries Sun could indicate a new relationship or fresh energy poured into an existing one. Sagittarian Jupiter contributes luck and expansion, as well as joy and enthusiasm. Pallas's placement in Libra encourages fairness and balance, while the committed partnership asteroid goddess Juno in Gemini encourages open, clear communication. Also, on Wednesday, April 3rd, the same Pallas Athena themes, strategy, negotiation, and appropriate assertiveness, can be combined with good planning and skillful implementation, Capricornian Saturn, to create a variety of positive outcomes, Geminian Mars. That's a great way to use the Mars Pallas Saturn Thor's Hammer that begins today on April 3rd, peaks on the 8th, and ends on the 13th. Gemini and Mars, the focal point of this aspect pattern, can also empower learning and communication. Also, on Wednesday, April 3rd, lots of drive and passion is available for mentoring and healing with Mars sextile Chiron, Mars 3 degrees Gemini, Chiron 3 Aries. This aspect also energizes mentoring to support your learning and communication. Ease, the Embodied Awakening Support Experience, offers you free weekly events via phone, web, and mp3 to help you enjoy more harmony, grace, and flow, eliminate suffering, boost your intuition, stop mental chatter and challenging emotions, live each day in a peaceful, awakened state, support the global spiritual awakening, and much more. The online recording library, over 180 mp3s and counting, lets you experience the life-transforming power of ease anytime. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com, go to services on the menu bar. Ease will be about the fourth item down. Click there and you'll be able to learn more and sign up if you like. On Friday, April 5th, April's new moon happens at 4.50 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's at 15 degrees, 17 minutes Aries. With any Aries new moon, new beginnings of all kinds are strongly supported. In addition, fresh energy can be specifically directed toward being a warrior, entrepreneur, sexual being, athlete, or initiator. Aspects The Sun and Moon are almost exactly square their positions in the January 5 Capricorn solar eclipse. 
This means that aspects to Saturn, Pluto, and the lunar nodes are once again highlighted. However, unlike the solar eclipse, Pallas Athena is emphasized. What this boils down to is that the most important new moon aspects are contained into aspect patterns. The T-square and Grand Cross I interpreted a moment ago are what describe those. Rather than repeat all that, just rewind a bit if you want to hear all that again. This new moon does have one aspect not discussed above, a trine to Ceres, which smooths the way for abundance and shadow work. At first blush, it may seem these two ideas, prosperity versus working on your old childhood wounds and past life karma, are unrelated. But in practice, healing your old psychological wounds opens a stronger flow of divine energy in your life, which naturally tends to increase the energy of abundance. This new moon's Sabian symbol is brightly clad brownies dancing in the warm, dying light. Are you imagining animated dessert bars cutting a rug? If so, you should know that the brownies in this image refer to nature spirits who love to help around the house. Brownie stories often tell of them helping humans with domestic tasks such as cooking and child care. As I discussed in a recent video on astroshaman.com, my partner and I routinely work with nature spirits in our shamanic practice. We don't specifically work with brownies, but do engage with other nature spirits that inhabit the land where we live. But you don't have to believe in brownies or nature spirits to benefit from this Sabian symbol. Given the intensity of this new moon's aspects, this symbol can simply remind you to put on your party clothes and dance your cares away for a while. If beings who love work as much as brownies can take time off to cavort, so can you. And, given the tendency so many of us have to isolate, the simple can encourage you to spend more time with friends. Brownies is plural, and the warmth of the light at day's end can also refer to the rosy glow of good companionship. On Saturday, April 6th, a committed partnership may trigger an old wound as Pluto quincunxes Juno. Pluto, 23 Capricorn. Juno, 23 Gemini. If so, I recommend the four-part nonviolent communication process to help the two of you work through the issue and my free healing invocation to help you internally process your shadow material. You can also use this aspect proactively, making conscious adjustments to relate with your committed partner more intimately and honestly. If a committed partnership is sexual, this aspect also supports sacred sex, enhancing your physical pleasure with the ecstatic blending of your energy bodies. This aspect remains in orb through April 16. As far as how to get to some of the things I just mentioned, if you just Google the phrase four-part nonviolent communication process, the uh, info on that should come right up, and my healing invocation can be found uh, by going to astroshaman.com. As I record this on April 1st, my current website um, has that. You go to resources on the menu bar. The first item down is invocations for healing and awakening. The new site, when it goes up, will have the word invocations right on the menu bar. On Sunday, April 7th, learning and communication are harmoniously and industriously supported by a Mercury-Saturn sextile. Mercury, 20 Pisces, Saturn, 20 Capricorn. With Mercury in Pisces, the sign of visualization and imagination, this aspect also juices up Law of Attraction manifestation. I have a little post about Law of Attraction on astroshaman.com. Just go to the search box, type Law of Attraction Made Simple, and it should come right up. On Monday, April 8th, the Thor's Hammer aspect pattern 
that started on April 3rd and that I already interpreted peaks today on the 8th and ends on the 13th. Also, on Monday, April 8th, would you like more joy, luck, and expansive energy in a committed partnership? All this is being offered to you for the next three weeks through April 28th by a Jupiter-Juno opposition. Jupiter, 24 Sagittarius, Juno, 24 Gemini. While Jupiter naturally supports these wonderful things, it also works as a magnifying glass to amplify whatever's going on in a committed partnership. And since the Juno-Pluto quincunx I interpreted on April 6th remains active through the 16th, Jupiter will also be amping up that aspect's power. On Tuesday, April 9th, do you feel called to selflessly serve others with your mentoring and healing gifts? A Chiron-Vesta conjunction at 3 Aries, active through May 8th, offers you powerful support. On Wednesday, April 10th, Jupiter begins a four-month retrograde today at 1.01 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at 24 degrees, 21 minutes Sagittarius, and will turn direct again on August 11th at 14 degrees, 30 minutes Sagittarius. The fact that Jupiter and Sagittarius share the same keywords, Jupiter rules Sagittarius, makes this interpretation more straightforward than most. This is a great time to reflect on religion, philosophy, and the meaning of life. Are you satisfied with your current quest in life, or would it serve you to embark on a new one? Are you soaking in life-enhancing wisdom, or sharing your helpful insights with others? Do you feel called to explore foreign lands, or enrich your life with the wisdom of other cultures? And are you making enough time for joy and celebration in your life? Jupiter makes a tight aspect pattern as it turns retrograde, a Moon-Mercury-Juno-Jupiter T-square. This doubles down on the theme of learning and communication, especially in your committed partnerships. It also supports paying attention to both head and heart. Reflect well on these important relationships while Jupiter's retrograde. Would it serve highest good for a committed relationship to deepen, end, or heal? It's good to plan and reflect on a planet's themes while it's retrograde, then take action once the planet turns direct. But this isn't an ironclad law. Feel free to start making your life more wonderful now. Also, on Wednesday, April 10th, you can experience soul connection with others more easily as Venus conjoins Neptune at 17 Pisces. This aspect is also tailor-made for creative people since it increases the flow of divine inspiration. You can also use this conjunction to more easily experience the divine current in everything around you, and most importantly, this aspect can help you deepen your conscious relationship with your own divine self. To uh, get to my invocation for awakening that might just help you do that, go uh, basically the route I already gave you to uh, current site resources, invocations for healing and awakening. First post on that next page will show you and When the new site goes up, again, the word invocations on the menu bar will take you to this post. By the way, Venus is just getting warmed up. She'll be aspecting four slower planets within six days. So consider putting special focus on Venus's core themes of relationship, creativity, and money. Also, on Wednesday, April 10th, the Venus-Neptune conjunction I just interpreted obviously has many positive potentials, but it could also tempt you into excessive laziness or self-indulgence. 
Fortunately, another aspect happening today on April 10th can keep you from turning into a couch potato. A Sun-Saturn square, Sun-20 Aries, Saturn-20 Capricorn, can inspire you to new heights of energy, productivity, and accomplishment. This, combined with the creative inspiration of the Venus-Neptune conjunction, can help you make your dreams come true. This Sun-Saturn square can also bring challenge, especially if you haven't yet stepped up to become your own master. How fully have you integrated responsibility, discipline, and time management into your life, as well as efficient planning and implementation? Is it time to consider everyone else only as an advisor and become the sole authority of your life? Finally, on Wednesday, April 10th, your mind can be more intuitive, energized, and focused as Mercury sextiles Pluto. Mercury, 23 Pisces, Pluto, 23 Capricorn. This flowing aspect can also make your communication more creative and persuasive. On Thursday, April 11, the Grand Cross that started on April 3rd and that I have already interpreted peaks today on the 11th and ends on the 17th. It includes the Sun, Pallas, Saturn, Pluto, and the lunar nodes. Make that amazing life you've been dreaming about a daily reality with support from Astro Shamanic Life Coaching. My unique combination of helping modalities, refined through more than 7,000 life-transforming Astro Shaman client sessions, can help you thrive in every area of your life. And my unusual approach can help you do this faster than you might have thought possible. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com. On services on the menu bar, pull down and you'll see life coaching. Click on there to learn more. On Friday, April 12th, learning and communication are robustly amplified by a Mercury-Jupiter square. Mercury, 24 Pisces, Jupiter, 24 Sagittarius. To avoid needless argument, be flexible in your thinking and considerate of others' opinions. With Mercury in Pisces, supplement your logic and rationality with your inner wisdom's intuitive certainty. Also, on Friday, April 12th, it's a great day to work on creative projects with Venus sextile Saturn. Venus, 20 Pisces, Saturn, 20 Capricorn. Inspiration is also in the air to give relationships a more solid foundation and improve your financial structures. This is the second aspect Venus makes to a slower planet within six days. On Saturday, April 13th, the mystic rectangle that started on April 3rd peaks today on the 13th and ends on the 16th. I've already interpreted that for you. This flowing aspect pattern includes the Sun, Juno, Pallas, and Jupiter. Also, on Saturday, April 13th, is there a transformation, even a small one, that you'd like to bring into your life? With the Sun square Pluto, Sun 23 Aries, Pluto 23 Capricorn, the time is ripe. This is also a great time to be mindful of interpersonal power dynamics. Are you playing a power over zero-sum game, domination and control, or power with, where power is shared and everybody wins? On Sunday, April 14th, it's easier to feel sunny and energized as the sun trines Jupiter. Sun, 24 Aries, Jupiter, 24 Sagittarius. With the sun in Aries, the smooth connection also supports athletic activity, sex, and leadership. Also, on Sunday, April 14th, relationships, creativity, and finances can enjoy a significant energy boost as Venus sextiles Pluto. Venus, 23 Pisces, Pluto, 23 Capricorn. This powerful connection can also smooth the way for any transformation needed in these areas.
On Monday, April 15th, you can enjoy extra inspiration in your thinking and communication as Mercury quintiles Mars. Mercury, 28 Pisces, Mars, 10 Gemini. Also, on Monday, April 15th, Venus hits the finish line, four slower planet aspects in six days, with a Venus-Jupiter square. Venus, 24 Pisces, Jupiter, 24 Sagittarius. Jupiter can have a benefic influence, bringing good fortune to relationships, creativity, and finances. But Jupiter's job is also to bring your attention to what's already happening in these areas, especially with a hard aspect like this square. So adjust or release as needed, while remembering to celebrate what's going well. Whatever your sun sign, Astroshaman's forecasts can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. Eastern Time Zone. Events are most powerful on the dates listed, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone is affected by these global transits. However, you'll be most powerfully impacted when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me. You can learn more about my sessions by going to astroshaman.com, go to services, and choose Astrology Plus. Looking ahead to our next show, April 16 to 30, we're going to feature a full moon in Libra, two planets going retrograde, Pluto and Saturn. The sun enters Taurus, Mars squares Neptune, and lots of quintiles. Those are magical aspects of creativity and divine connection. We'll also have a new T-square firing up with Mars, Jupiter, and Neptune that'll last almost a month. And I'll be here to tell you about all that and how to use it most wonderfully. You can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with Astroshaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? Astroshaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which also runs on Macs running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. A free forecast newsletter and the best available price on SolarFire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. Here's a brief announcement section. First, thanks to Nicole and Deborah, who sent their charts in since the last month. The two new meetups we're hosting at our home here in Asheville, North Carolina, received very positive feedback from the first participants. They all meet on a Tuesday at 7 p.m. The first Tuesday of each month, we do our new Ecstatic Divine Group Consciousness event. Second Tuesdays is a Singa or Grandfather Tobacco Ceremony. Third Tuesdays is the Shamanic Awakening Ceremony we've already been doing. If you're in the Asheville area, go to meetup.com and search for the words Shamanic Awakening to learn more. I know we haven't done it in a couple of shows, but if we are going to get back to our interactive listener consultations, if you'd like to have your question considered, it needs to be about a specific issue that's important in your life right now, such as soul purpose, relationship, career, spirituality, or your talents and abilities, or whatever's up for you. Email your question along with your date, time, and city of birth to info 
at astroshaman.com. Also, we have our winner. We always announce on the first show of the month our free session winner. This time it's Juanita. This is the Juanita born on March 9, 1967 in San Diego, California. Pop me a line, Juanita, info at astroshaman.com. Give me the rest of your birth data, and we'll get you set up for your free reading. Congratulations. And this ends our announcements. For our listener chart examination, we have Sue. This is the Sue born November 14, 1955, 9.36 p.m. in San Antonio, Texas. And if you want to verify her chart, if you're running it yourself, look for Cancer rising at 20 degrees, 23 minutes. And make sure you got that moon in Scorpio, 29 degrees, 9 minutes. Or even better, look at Sue's chart that I've posted to thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. Always on my shows where I have a listener chart or a celebrity chart featured, there's a link on the person's name. And if you click the link, you'll see the chart come up. I've got the natal on the inside and then the transiting planets selected that relate to the eclipse on the outside with the aspect showing. The reason I chose Sue is because I was looking for something that was lit up by this new moon in Aries. And she has got her ascendant and descendant lit up by that, as well as her natal Mars, which also happens to be her midheaven ruler. So let's begin with the basics. There's a couple of three layers, and I'm definitely going to be bringing the aspects into this interpretation. In fact, the aspects are mainly what fuel this. So the new moon is taking place early in Sue's 10th house, the house of career and reputation and what people generally think about you. So for starters, Sue, and as always, I, I go back and forth addressing the chart owner and the listeners, uh, sometimes one, sometimes the other. But uh, new beginnings in career are fabulous here. Uh, if you're no longer employed or if you're not, if you're whatever, it doesn't have to be a paid gig. Um, if you want to start something new that's out in the world and visible and something that will affect your reputation, this uh, Aries new moon will be fabulous for that for you, Sue. So a great time to get kickstarted on just kind of whatever you want um, that might be having a public impact. Now, I this is an interesting case because normally with new moons, I use a five degree orb. But I'm having to stretch that to six degrees, Sue, to have this new moon aspect, your ascendant and descendant and natal Mars. And uh, I'm using here the what I consider the most important thing learned, the more, excuse me, the most important thing I learned from the book Hellenistic Astrology by Chris Brennan, which is a fabulous introduction to that very rich subject, if you're interested. And the one key takeaway I got more than any other was orbs, you know, Chris says in there, why is it that so many different astrologers use so many different orbs for their various calculations? You know, the distance, how far away does it have to be from exact to an aspect apply? He says the reason it's so all over the board is because Hellenistic astrology says it's in it's connecting if it's connected by sign. So technically you could have a planet coming in like at one degree Aries and it's conjoining that planet out at 29 degrees Aries. You know, and, and Hellenistic astrology does acknowledge that, you know, the closer the aspect, the stronger the effect. But they say if they're even in the same sign, there is some energy already connecting. And so what I'm doing here is using squares and oppositions, um, using the cardinal signs here for the aspects. And I figure, man, if I usually use five and they're just within six, close enough. <laughs> Especially because, as you'll see, the transiting 
planets, the other things aspecting the chart are really powerful, and they're much closer to the exact hits on the ascendant, descendant, and Mars natally. So I hope all that made some kind of sense. So um, basically, the new moon itself is lightly opposing Mars, and it's lightly squaring the ascendant and descendant, but it is making contact if you give it a six-degree orb for opposition or square. And, uh, and then what really adds the power to that, as I said, is the other planets involved in the new moon's aspects. So I think I've covered the, the lunation, the, forgive me, the lunar body and the solar body themselves. Now let's go to the transits that are aligned with the new moon and see what they're doing. So for starters, so you have Pluto uh, conjoining your descendant. He's within about three degrees, opposing your ascendant by the same margin and squaring your Mars by about two degrees. So uh, we also have Saturn coming up and Saturn is... Uh, about to conjoin the descendant, uh, about to oppose the ascendant, and uh, also about to square Mars. Saturn's actually even closer in orb than Pluto is. So they're powerful. The lunar nodes are right there. The south, the south node is right between Pluto and Saturn. So all of those guys, Pluto, south node, and Saturn hovering around your descendant, the north node hovering around your ascendant, and then Pallas Athena, um, very tightly connecting to everything, uh, very close to Mars by conjunction and Pallas Athena squaring the ascendant and descendant. So what the sun and moon lack in tightness of orb, all the other planets more than make up for. One reason I chose this chart. So let's look where the majority of the attention is, and that would be on your descendant. Uh, to have Pluto and Saturn straddling your descendant is a big message about your relationships, Sue. Uh, seventh house, although traditionally called the house of marriage, is about all important relationships. That could be lover, spouse, family, friend, business associate, open enemy. In short, any person who's important in your life for any reason qualifies here. So uh, with Pluto and Saturn, both of which will bring up challenge if something's not working, I'd say first watch for the relationships that are in challenge and decide, wow, um, is this a toxic negative relationship I'm just better off without? Should I completely cut ties? Or if I cannot, uh, for some reason, avoid that person entirely? Or if I choose not to, can I minimize contact? Alternatively, can I heal this relationship? Can this person and I work together to make it more harmonious? Uh, and again, I've done a lot of readings, over 7,000. And based on what my clients have told me, and my own observations about my personal life and what I've observed in my friends, um, what I see is that both people have to be motivated to heal the relationship. They both have to have a serious vested interest in doing so. And it really helps to have a good tool. You know, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned the four-part nonviolent communication method that remains the best tool I'm aware of for two people to work out a conflict. So that's a wonderful tool, uh, Sue, if you're not already using that, if you have relationships you want to work on healing. Now, of course, the category I haven't mentioned is those wonderful relationships that are awesome already. 
In that case, with Pluto and Saturn, if they can't find any major trouble spots, they'll say, fine, good, no repair work needed. Pluto says, I'll give you wealth and power in this relationship. Saturn says, I'll give you wonderful structure, help you be productive, take your structure with this person to the next level. The South Node says, whatever connections you had in your past lives, let's bring some of those talents and gifts forward. So then all three of those planets, or not planets, but points, Pluto, Saturn, and the South Node, can work positively if a relationship really doesn't need much work and it's already in the positive territory. Um, now, the same planets are opposing your ascendant, Sue. So the ascendant, of course, is the mask or persona you show to the world, the first impression people get about you. With Cancer rising, I imagine uh, people uh, it's easy for people to get a nurturing, motherly vibe from you when they first meet you. It's one of the items they see. I won't get into a full-blown Ascendant interpretation, but I'll, I'll go that far with it. So now here's Pluto and Saturn opposing the Ascendant. And that says, wow, if I want to go out and be a force of nature, I want to be a catalyst for positive change in the world, Pluto opposing the Ascendant is marvelous for that. Saturn opposing the Ascendant. I want to go out and be perceived as the authority, the master, the one who really has their act together and get things done. Saturn opposing the Ascendant is fabulous for that. Um, now, of course... Uh, this is the more you have your act together and you've done your shadow work and there's no, you know, things hanging around that are still troubling you significantly, the more easily Pluto and Saturn can get out there and help you accomplish things. But if healing is needed in anything relating to your persona or any first house theme, the, the, in other words, something needs transformation in the way you dress, uh, do your hair, your makeup, your, your generally behavior out in the world. The first house also represents the body in general um, any healing needed there, this can all be catalyzed by Pluto and Saturn as well. You know, the planets, there's no planet that's inherently good or bad. It's just energy. And the general vibe is that these transiting planets are working for your higher self. When they line up with a point by aspect, they're checking in it from your higher self's perspective and says, okay, according to what the soul contract is, the personality, what it actually came to do, whether it's conscious of it or not, uh, if we're off track, we'll bring up the challenge and help remediate that. If you're on track, we'll give you more power and juju. And that's the broad thing of how you will receive planets. And I believe how aligned you are with soul growth has a lot more to do with whether the aspect is perceived as challenging or flowing than the actual aspect does. So we've covered Pluto, Saturn, and the South Node there. Uh, I haven't mentioned the North Node on the Ascendant. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Just move forward in alignment with your soul purpose, the best you understand it. Um, if you don't understand your soul purpose, you can definitely learn a lot about that by interpreting your chart. That's beyond the scope of a part one chart, but you could look at your nodes in South Node, Gemini, North Node, Sagittarius, uh, natally, and I could very broadly say that's the axis of communication. So learning and sharing information right off the bat is clearly a part of your soul purpose, too. but there's much more to it that you can get into on your own later. And North Node on the Ascendant, again, broadly says, is go out into the world and do something that aligns with the reason you showed up. At the very least, even if you don't know astrology at all, you can say, wow, whatever I feel enthusiastic about is aligned with my soul purpose. For me, enthusiasm is your higher self saying, go do that. So... Uh, that one I think you can take to the bank. The final transiting planet we have not looked at really is Pallas Athena. And really, I haven't given enough attention to natal Mars. Uh, so let's bring him in. Um, so as I've already said in the forecast, Mars 
on its very basic face for anyone is the warrior, the pioneer, the entrepreneur, the initiator, the sexual being on the high side, on the low side. It's uh, anger and violence and rage and impulsiveness. So hopefully, Sue, your Mars is working more on the high side for you. So all of that, high and low, can be stimulated, especially by the uh, Pluto and Saturn squaring Mars, which are part of the new moon's aspect patterns. But uh, Mars is in the fourth house for you, and that means that any fourth house affair could be stimulated because Mars is being so strongly aspected. The key meanings of fourth house are home, family, and shadow work. And Sue, Mars also rules your midheaven. Again, Aries midheaven ruled by Mars. So that's a double on career and work out in the world. You've got these planets lined up on your midheaven and the ruler of the midheaven. So of all the, the things I mentioned, that's a very powerful indicator. I would say it's running pretty close to the relational theme because Pluto, Saturn, and the South Node on the descendant is, of course, very powerful. But um, all this action on your natal Mars is secondarily powerful, I'd say. So those themes may be coming up, too. The presence of Pallas Athena um, is, again, saying, you know, as in relation to any of the themes I brought up here that relate to your chart specifically, Sue, again, uh, be the feminine warrior. Go out and make it happen in whatever way you need to. If you can get it done through negotiation or strategy or diplomacy, then awesome. Uh, find a solution that everyone's happy with. If you absolutely can't get cooperation and you have to go to battle, then Pallas Athena does that well. You know, we're thinking Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, that kind of archetype. So just know that that's in the mix there for you as well. And I think, Sue, that is the, uh, the main things I wanted to say about this new moon's effect on your chart. If you have any comments on what I've said, I'd love to hear them. Pop me an email at info at astroshaman.com, and I would love to hear your feedback. Thanks again, Sue. And this ends the listener chart. Living a harmonious life can be difficult, especially these days when things are moving so fast. You'd think that those of us committed to personal and spiritual growth would have it easier, but sometimes it seems as if our lofty aspirations cause us to face even greater challenges. Fortunately, you have a map to guide you, your astrology chart. It can reveal a wealth of information about your soul purpose, your optimal career, and your ideal romantic partner. Spirituality, timing, relocation, your chart, when interpreted by an insightful, experienced astrologer, can provide helpful insights into every area of life. And since the moving planets keep activating different parts of your chart, getting astrology updates at least once a year can help you keep focused on what's important now. But astrology is only the beginning here at Astro Shaman. We also offer shamanic healing, which can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, and mental issues. Your shamanic healing session will also equip you with simple, powerful techniques you can use on your own to help you take your healing and spiritual awakening to the next level. We also offer other services to help improve your life, including awakening activation, electional astrology, mentoring, and more. All are equally effective in person or by phone or Skype. A digital recording of your session is included, and my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up this episode. This Week in Astrology is honored to be chosen by Feedspot as one of the Internet's top 10 astrology podcasts. Check out our website, where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates. You can also do a single sign-up for two great opportunities. 
chances to win a free consultation and have your chart interpreted on the show. You can also donate to support us. Go to thisweekinastrology.com. From there, you'll be automatically redirected to the This Week in Astrology area of astroshaman.com. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's the index. The overview begins at 1 minute 21 seconds, April 2nd, 214, the 3rd, 238, the 5th, 723, the 6th, 1004, the 7th, 1118, the 8th, 1150, the 9th, 1239, the 10th, 1255, the 11th, 1646, the 12th, 1734, the 13th, 1822, the 14th, 1905, the 15th, 1944. Next show's highlights, 2108, announcements, 2240, and our listener chart, 2410. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.